0: This episode of the podcast is produced by Suno India in collaboration with Mongabe India. The story was supported by the Solutions Journalism Network, Lead Fellowship.
1: I directly tell them I'll call 100, the police will come. In that way, we managed to test all the hand pumps. People abused us also. We asked them how deep is this. And then I can't even tell you the kind of abuses we got. But we have tolerated that.
0: This is Pinky Alava, a 27-year-old studying social work from Ublad village in Alirajpur. She helped in locating, testing and geotagging groundwater hand pumps for fluoride level in the hilly part of central India in Alirajpur district in Madhya Pradesh. Hi, I'm Rakesh Kabal, host of Climate Emergency. Pinky Alava and Sapna Rawat cautiously approach a woman drawing water from a hand pump in Alirajpur district, dominated by the indigenous populations in Madhya Pradesh. The pump is marked with a prominent yellow ring, an indication of water that has fluoride at concentrations much higher than the average value of 1.5 mg per litre. A blue ring indicates the water is safe for fluoride. The yellow marker was painted on the hand pump in Rajwad village by Alava and Rawat's batchmates who make up the 65 students of Masters in Social Work program at Alirajpur Postgraduate College. They were trained by Columbia University researchers as part of the citizen science approach to map fluoride levels in the water. Since September of 2019, students have been putting science into action to test the fluoride levels in water sources as part of their coursework's annual mandatory internship. Long-term ingestion of large amounts of fluoride can lead to dental and skeletal fluorosis. Symptoms include staining and pitting of the teeth, joint problems, and abdominal pain and vomiting. Madhya Pradesh is one of the 19 states severely affected by high fluoride content in drinking water with as many as 140 habitations where the water quality is affected by the excess fluoride. To understand this project, Sahana Ghosh from Mongabay, India visited Alirajpur along with Alava and Rawat in their village.
2: So sometime in January this year, we trooped through agricultural fields and stopped at homes in several villages including Rajavat in Alirajpur, and we met residents and discussed the issue of fluoride contamination in water in their wells. We also interacted with villagers drawing water from hand pumps that were marked yellow, which meant it was unsafe for drinking. Then we came across people, mostly men, who were unwilling to walk a small distance to draw water from a safer hand pump that was marked with blue. But whenever we paused to catch a break and drink water, Pinky and Sapna ensured it was from a blue-tacked pump. But they were in a rush to test more pumps and record their GPS locations.
0: Pinky and Sapna are part of a young group of fluoride warriors. To understand more, Sahana spoke with Radhika Iyengar of Columbia University's Center for Sustainable Development, who led the project.
2: A couple of researchers, social scientists as well as scientists, came over here to do a training on the science aspect of fluoride as well as the social science aspect of the fluoride. And uh, we uh, did this training and the We were very taken aback by the interest that the students uh, we worked with college students had on the issue and they wanted to become more aware and they wanted to see what type of water they are having in their own villages which was very exciting for us. High fluoride in water can have many different solutions and before coming to the solution I wanted to see the extent of the problem here. So we used technology and we used, used the youth power to ensure that everyone has a stake, uh, you know, in this, uh, in discovering what the problem is. So, we use the citizen science approach and um, work with with 16 college students to do an extensive survey using technology, using smartphones, everyone has smartphones uh, these days, to do a geo-referenced map on this problem. So now we have a map which is very interactive and everyone, all the stakeholders, it's an open data source to see what is the extent of this uh, problem. So after doing the survey, now we know exactly which water point has you know high fluoride.
0: Radhika, talking about bottom-up solutions, said that the solutions must be locally developed and can be maintained by the community. This means solutions come from the community itself. So to figure out a solution for this problem... Radhika along with other local partners have begun a program called Fluoride Warriors. She says the project was not conceived intentionally and developed through conversations with community members.
2: So this Fluoride Warrior concept um, was something that we that happened to us. It was not intentionally planned because we didn't really know we had you know we knew we had we were coming with technical solutions on we can do this we can do that you know in terms of the fluoride issue but we didn't really know whether people will be interested you know in this and um, uh, we went to the college uh, this is postgraduate college for uh, students and they do social work this pro- uh, this particular department does social work and we went there and said we do you want to know about um, the fluoride in your water and they said what is fluoride and so we gave them a sense of you know we gave them a entire, um, presentation on this is fluoride have you seen you know dental fluorosis and have you seen children with uh, you know brown teeth do you know why this happened and so there were a lot of rumors that oh the child doesn't brush the teeth and oh they have a lot of tobacco and this that so there were a lot of rumors and we tried to clear those rumors using giving them a scientific background on what's going on in their villages and they were very taken aback they were very surprised and they all wanted to be a part of finding out more. And we, you know, uh, become these agents of change because they were very concerned with their own uh, villages and the water that everyone was having. So it was very easy for us to give them some technical know how. And so, that actually, that was also we. Didn't know how it will be well received because these are students of social work and they have a lot of social science background. And here we are telling them this is how you test fluoride. So it was a lot of science-based work. You know, We did a lot of training. Students were very, very interested and they learned very quickly. And there was a lot of field component. It was less lecturing and workshops, but it was a lot of like, let's figure out how we do this. So we did a lot of trials in the field.
0: The field trials revealed an important aspect that shaped the project.
2: And uh, surprisingly, um, the girls would be very quiet in the class while we were doing the workshop and we didn't really know whether the girls were really understanding or not. But when we were there in the field, it was completely the opposite. The girls took charge and we were very surprised that, you know, we thought that they didn't really understood much. They'd never asked us any questions and but when they were in the field, they took charge and they did it. So. Um, luckily, we had sixty percent uh, women and forty percent men in our work in our uh, uh, you know workshops, and it's usually the opposite. We always get more men than women, um, so this was very um, surprising. The part that was a little bit lacking was that the women un- did the technical part very well, but when they were uh, asked to explain things. This was the first time many women were explaining this problem or any problem in standing in a community to anyone. So it was they were very apprehensive. So that part we had to like strengthen a bit and do a lot of practice. But ultimately I feel that women have the power to change because uh, we see that a lot of women uh, are the people who are drawing the water. From these wells and from these water points, taking from one village to the other, men are out in the field. And so the women are responsible for giving water to, uh, you know, all the members of the family. They also run Angan they also run. they are also Asha workers. So a lot of the social work aspect is done by women.
0: A five-month pregnant Pinky Alava agrees that women in the community have taken charge.
2: Recently
1: here, boring was done. There's a lot of fluoride in the water. So for drinking water, there's a temple further away. I tell my husband to go there and get water. I won't drink the water here. And for making food and drinking, I get him to get two containers by bike. The people around us ask that you have a tube well now, you still don't drink water from there? So I tell them fluoride is high, so I don't use it for food and drinking. My husband goes, even if at night it is over, he goes to get water. But I don't drink the boring water here. boring. Now
2: today, what we, we will be doing is to going back to the villages and seeing what type of solutions that people are coming up with. We can do supply dropping of technology, we can say, oh, you know, this solution, that solution, this policy solution, but let's figure out a solution which can be locally developed and locally maintained. So we'll get to hear from a lot of people who are using this water source every day for their uh, work, uh, you know, for their purposes. And let's figure out a combined solution that works for everyone by by hearing the voices from the village residents themselves. So the more local we get in this particular, in investigating this particular issue, I think the more powerful we became and uh, it became a source of uh, invoking lot of interest in the beginning and then also having this democratic element where people including men and women went to the department and started saying, well, you know, our water source is not good to drink, what is the alternative? So it had that... Um, element of raising the voice and asking uh, the asking for the solution, which can only happen if you have a very good buy-in and that buy-in can only happen if the youth of the country are willing to become these fluoride warriors which happened in Alirajpur.
0: Sahna also spoke with Lax Van Geen, a geochemist at the Laxmont Dohati Earth Observatory who is associated with the project. Lax Van Geen helped refine the fluoride testing procedure that the Public Health and Engineering Department was already using for the citizen science study. He also tapped into his research experience on working on arsenic across Bangladesh for kit-based sampling. He tells us why kit-based sampling is useful.
3: I try to see whether the field kits can do the job, you know, is because of my experience in Bangladesh where I've learned that uh, the kit does pretty well. It's not as good as a lab measurement But the big advantage of the kit is that it's less expensive and you can give the results to the owner of the well right away. Instead of taking a sample, bringing it to the lab, and then having to bring the results back, uh, I'm afraid that if the measurement is made in the lab, essentially the result never makes it back to the well owner. And so that's why for quite a while, I've been arguing that um, if the kit works reasonably well, if the contaminant concentrations span a very wide range, uh, then even some imprecision relative to the lab is uh, um, is uh, uh, is less important than the fact that the result is inexpensive to obtain and immediately available in the field. So it comes indeed from my arsenic experience.
0: Apart from field testing kits, Laxman again also helped the students come up with a procedure that involves smartphones so that students can use them easily. The other thing that enabled this project was data collection and sharing the data with those in the community. Radhika tells us that this has helped the project immensely.
2: So Data really empowers the youth. Usually what happens is that the data that everyone collects, including the government and the surveys and other things, they go and they disappear because they become like, you know, in a database somewhere sitting in someone's computer. So in, in this case, what happened was that the data was shared with everyone it was not kept in secrecy it was not kept in one database that only the district collector would see it as soon as the students were able to collect the data we would you know send them a link to see where they how much data they collected every week and uh, one part of it was seeing what data they collected in a digital map I think became an empowering exercise on its own because they were a part of creating this database themselves and they were able to see it. Uh, The other element was um, that the students thought that they are coming up with a solution, they are populating this database which they have created on their own and they are coming up with a solution of the you know to the problem and they will themselves know how much um, the how much of the fluoride issue is a problem in Ali Rajpur. So so creating this data transparency, making sure that everyone who's collecting the database are not just instruments of collecting data, they are a part of the whole exercise. They get to see what the data looks like, they get to see each week the change in the map when they see more dots on the on the map and they get to see their own village which itself uh, is empowering enough. You know?
0: This episode of the podcast is produced by Suno India in collaboration with Mangabe India. The story was supported by Solutions Journalism Network Lead Fellowship. Make sure to visit com for news and inspiration from nature's frontline in India. You can listen to all episodes of Climate Emergency, now on our website, sunoindia.in or any other podcast platform of your choice.